1: There are
2: no commandments to obey or disobey. Your feelings are your truths. Trust your feelings. God advises, but he never commands. Now, these are from the incredibly popular books called Conversations with God. What should the book be titled? conversations with
0: Satan. The God of the Christ follower isn't the only object of the worship of people on earth. In the non-Christian world, there are millions of so-called gods, and people worship them in much the same way that Christ followers worship Jehovah. They pray to their gods too. Sadly, those gods can't answer the prayers of their followers. Pastor Mark's teaching today will dive into the idea of how God answers prayer. You'll learn what it takes for you to become the kind of person whose prayers God can answer. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he continues his message The Key to Answered Prayer.
1: Lord, let us hear your lessons for
2: he got up, he left the house. He had the option to do that. He got quiet. Remember the houses they were in, incredibly small. So there wouldn't have been phones and radios and all the stuff that we have to deal with. But they were so small, there'd be no separate room. He couldn't get alone with God. So he he went outside to get alone with God. You may have to do that if you live in an apartment complex or something, or if there's 12 people in the house or whatever. You just have to find a time to get alone with God. He got up. He left the house into a quiet place, and he prayed. Prayer was a priority. He knew that. Now, what was he doing in prayer? He was developing his relationship with his father. Well, he spent eternity with him already. He was developing the relationship. He was getting wisdom and direction and hope and comfort for that day. The very same things you and I need to do. Now, remember, prayer is a two way conversation. Initially it's Jesus talking to God here. What would it go like? I just wrote some things. Just see what you think. Jesus speaking. Hey dad, yesterday was a really busy day. It felt so great to teach in the synagogue just to see the hope in the eyes of the people when they heard the truth about you that they could be right with God. Hey, Dad, Satan is really powerful. So many hurting people down here, but thanks to the authority you've given me, wow, to see them set free, it was incredibly exciting. You say, well, Jesus wouldn't talk like that to God. Well, how would He talk to Him? How do you talk to Him? In my devotions this morning, I just said, God, we prayed about our dog who has a little issue that we had to take her to the vet. We prayed with her... I prayed about the car. It needed a tune-up. I'm not a tune-up. But it needed an adjustment. and whatever. And I found out I needed tires. and need all those things. And God gave us a great deal and all this. So I wrote that all in my journal. Thanks, God. In those things that I ask you, is that a your relationship? Everything else just falls in place. You say, that's a stupid waste of time. No, it isn't. See, that's where we live. In everything. That's not so you pray about an alignment for your car. In this day and age, you better believe it. <laughs> now you have to be careful. I got this SUV, I went 25 miles per gallon. It gets four now, but by faith, it's got, no, turn it in, get you a little echo or something, then you get your prayer answer, see. So you have to be careful what you pray about. So Jesus goes on, the Sabbath meal was good at Peter's home. I really do enjoy eating. I think it's something that we should do for all eternity. By the way, are we? Yes, we are. God, what do you expect me to do today? I can imagine that Capernaum will be filled with expectant people. Is that what I'm going to do? Now, what was the opposite of that? I love this. Soren Kierkegaard makes this incredible statement. Listen to it, I'll read it twice. A man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was talking. But he became more and more quiet until the end he realized that prayer is listening. Let me read it to you again. Kierkegaard. A man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was talking. But he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. You see, When you and stop and think about that statement, it makes so much sense. I mean, who's the one that knows what I need to do today? God. He knows before I ask. And so, I'm working at it, maybe you will. In my relationship, I'm working at listening more than talking. Now, to do that requires a quiet place and a little bit of time. Well, how does God speak to us? I'll give you the three things. You know them already. Mainly, number one, obviously, through His Word. But He also gives impressions from the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, sometimes, even through circumstances. Now, I call this series Real Conversations with God for a reason. Because there are books out there specifically called conversations with God by an author who has said since 1992, he hears from God. Let me read you from one of his books. He has many very, very popular books. What he hears when he's quiet and God speaks to him. Let me read you some things. These are in his books. Here's what God says to him. There is no good or evil. No right or wrong. God says this to him. Here's what I hear He says, God is non judgmental. There is no hell. These are directly from his book, directly what God spoke to him. Man is perfect just as he is. There are no commandments to obey or disobey, your feelings are your truths. Trust your feelings. God advises, but He never commands. Now, these are from the incredibly popular books called Conversations with God. What should the book be titled? Conversations with Satan. Probably wouldn't be as popular. You say, well, that, that can't, though, people buy those books? By the millions and millions and millions. Why? Because it says what they want to hear. Now, so when I hear from God through the Word, and when I hear God from impressions through the Holy Spirit, and when I hear from God through circumstances, here's the key. You know it. Write it. Remind yourself. God never says anything against His written Word. Every single thing in those quotes that I gave you are 100% wrong. None of them from God. 100% from Satan. And yet the book sells and sells and sells and sells and sells. And he has many more books now. All under that guise of hearing from God. Well, the world doesn't know. First Corinthians tells us that the world is not discerning. They don't understand it. It looks good to them. Certainly like a God that says, well, the, your feelings are your truth. Just go for it. But that's obviously a disaster. Well, when Jesus finished His statements to God, what do you think He would have said that morning when He said to God, that's it, now God speak to me. What do you think God would have said to Jesus? I just wrote some things. God speaking. Uh, Son, (laughs) you thought yesterday was busy. Do you think you'd ever hear that here? (laughs) Yeah, I think probably he said to Jesus, you thought yesterday he was busy. You haven't seen anything yet. Wait till today. You say, would God say something like that? Sure, get you ready. By the way, son, you did great yesterday. I'm really pleased with you. Do you know that God wants to say that to us? He said, well, God can't be pleased with me. I made a mistake yesterday. He knows we're flesh. God is very pleased with you. He knows our hearts. You see... We have to be very careful as critics. God loves us. And I believe He just... Obviously, Jesus never made any sins, but many times God just wants to say to you and I, I'm really pleased with you. I think God said this to Jesus. Today you're going to face incredible situations. Just reach out in the love that I've given you because I am in control. By the way, Jesus... No, you're not going to stay in Capernaum. You need to move on to other towns and present the gospel. Now, don't listen to those who try to keep you in Capernaum. Do you believe God can speak that direct to us? Absolutely. Well, here's the next thing I want you to write. To abide, we must pause And given God an opportunity to speak to us. In our pastors meeting, quite often we watch different tapes and whatever. And I'll usually, during those sessions, pause the tape so that we can talk. You all know what that means. At home, you'll put the pause on and somebody phones you or whatever. get quiet and you listen. Guys, let God burn into your hearts and my heart the word pause. Because I can't keep rattling my mouth and expect God to speak to me until I pause and let Him speak to me. That's part of abiding. Well, look at verse 36. Simon and his companions went to look for Him. And when they found Him, they exclaimed, Here it comes, Everyone is looking for you! Now you know where that was, Capernaum. What's the next verse? And Jesus replied, Well, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there." Also, that is why I have come. What did Jesus do? He obeyed the Father. He moved on. The disciples hadn't heard from God because they couldn't direct Jesus. Jesus was directed by God. Very important key for us. You can't listen to people direct your life. You must listen to God to direct your life. God will speak to you. Certainly we can get advice from people and bounce things off and all that, but the bottom line is God will speak to us. Now, back to John chapter 15. Remember I gave you the first key. The first key is prayer from an abiding Christian is answered. Here's the second key. Prayer from an abiding Christian who knows and lives by the Word is answered. So it's not just abiding, being united in Him, but His Word in our relationship with God go together. The Word is never separated from Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. And so, notice in John 15, 7, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, that's the two. My relationship with God, I remain in Him, I abide in Him, vibrant, and the Word of God is alive and vibrant and active in me. So prayer and the Word of God go together. Skipping down, look at verse 10. You're there in John 15. This is very important in abiding. If you obey my commands, my, 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 Walsh, who wrote those books, must have missed this one, and it was looking. I guess there are a command or two. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain, there's that word again, abide, active, vibrant, ongoing relationship in His love. So the key to abiding is obedience. If the key to answered prayer is abiding, then the key to abiding is obedience. That's the flow together. And to obey, I have to know His commands. And that's what we're doing here. That's why we go through the Word of God. All the Word of God. Pretty soon we'll go back and do some of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. I'm not sure when we'll start that, but I'm going to do the book of Joel first. And we'll go through that. And you say, well, why are we going to go back through a book? Because I need to know the Word of God, and then as I obey the Word of God, that's where the key to abiding comes, and the obedience is the power that allows that to happen in my life. So, write this. Prayer plus obedience equals success. That's exactly what we saw from Jesus. God said to him, I'm sure that morning, you're not going back to Capernaum, even though there's still a need there, you're going to go on. Jesus said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I have a relationship with you. You command me, I obey. John wrote it like this in 1 John 3. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. So prayer opens our lives for God to change. Prayer is a recognition that God is God we are not in our prayers, we yield to His desires. And remember, Jesus gave us this wonderful example, not our will, but yours. Now, I want you to see the sequence and the flow. It's so powerful. How does this work in our life with prayer? Well, John fifteen seven, we just read. Let's look at it again. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. That verse in the Old Testament is very, very similar in structure to Psalms 37.4. Go ahead and delight yourself on the Lord, and then He'll give you the desires of your heart. Again, it works out of a relationship. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm having trouble with this relationship. I don't know that I can really overrule my desires and my will and really want God's will. Well, that's where Philippians 2.13 comes in. Notice what he says. For God is working in you, if you're a Christian. He's given you the desire to obey Him. He's in my life that I've given me the desire to obey Him. But not just the desire, but the power to do what pleases Him. So, if the key to answer prayer is abiding, and the key to abiding is obedience, I have no problem. Because God's at work in me, giving me the desire to obey, and then giving me the power to do it. No excuses. God's alive in me. He wants to answer my prayer. Now from that, from those three verses, and they're connected beautifully, notice Psalm 34 doesn't say this, God will give you the desires of your heart. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. Same thing, the Balmer translation would probably start with, He'll give you the desires of your heart. I love God, it's in the Old Testament too. No, it starts with putting Him first. Then He gives you the desires of His heart. Now, let me give you three keys before we close. Here's one. The more time I spend with God in His Word, the more I really know God. Be careful as you're spending time with God that it's not legalistic. Okay, Pastor Mark, you said i got to listen to God. Okay, here's my time card. God, you got 12 minutes. Go. If you do that to your wife, you're probably in for marriage counseling. Please don't do that. We're overloaded at the moment. So it doesn't work like that. It's not a time card kind of deal. It's a relationship. Sometimes you read people and you read these great men of God or great women of God and they pray eight hours a day and you go, oh man, come on. I don't see Jesus praying eight hours a day. Sometimes He did. He prayed all night. But normally He's busy, active all day. By the way, He prays all day long. He's just active. So don't get condemned in that. As you do that, just be careful. Sometimes we're in the Word of God But we forget who the author is. This is just not words on a page. The author is the one that lives inside of you. Remember, Jesus says, well, you search the scriptures because you think you know them, but you don't know me. So me is back to relationship. Number two. The more I know God, the more I trust God. One of the things that happens in our lives, let's assume this is a... I'm at a desk in my office or wherever you have your devotions, and this is where I keep my Bible and my journal that I write. And when I finish my wonderful quiet time with God, and I do good, and I write my journal and do all those things, and God speaks to me, and I pause, then I put that there, and I go, I don't say this, but I go, basically, I'll see you tomorrow morning. And I do the whole day, not thinking about God the rest of the day. And the next morning, I come back and go, Hey, God, how are you this morning. Terrific. Let's see what you got to say to me today. Good. Thank you so much. And off I go again. You see, it's very easy to leave God on our devotion table. But no, He wants to be in me 24 7. He is in me. I need wisdom and direction all day long. If you look at your calendar for tomorrow, you need God. Now, if you don't have God, you're going to worry. If you do have God, you don't have to worry. Now, how do I remind myself of this? Colossians 3.16 Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Dwell. Stay. Abide. Vibrant. That's part of the relationship. That is very much like medicine. When you take these capsules now, In the old days, you have to take one every two hours. Now the new medicines and stuff. They're just amazing. You can take a pill that lasts 24 hours. Right now, there's a new calcium pill for ladies. An osteoporosis once a week. He lasts for a whole seven days. So it just dwells in you. It's an ongoing, vibrant thing. And that's what the Word of God is supposed to do in our lives. Number three, the more I trust God, the easier it is to want only... His will. As I develop my relationship with God, I acknowledge my dependence on Him. Where else would I go for wisdom and direction? Once I get to know God and trust Him, why would I want anything but His will? So that's why God can trust me to pray correctly. It's because He can promise me, you ask anything you want, And I'll give it to you. But that comes because I have a relationship with him. I abide in him. And as I do, I would never ask for something that's outside of his will. I wouldn't even want it. If I do, he corrects me. Do you understand? So as I trust him, and the longer you live, it's very easy to understand that. You can trust him. It just is a beautiful thing. I want to end with this picture. Numbers thirteen twenty three. You remember the story. The spies went into the land. God said, it's incredible there. It's beautiful. It says, when they reached the valley of eschol they cut off the branch, bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them. Can you imagine the size of them grapes? Two men had to carry that sucker out. Now, what did that mean? It meant that God had brought them to an incredibly prosperous land. But what happened to the spies? Well, their report was fear-based. Now, why was their report fear-based? The land was abundant, but they were afraid. And you know the outcome. They never went into the land. Now, why was that? Because they had never learned from their years of watching God. They had never developed a relationship with him. They always had this fear kind. God wasn't in their formula. Well, wait a minute. Who are these people? These are the people who were delivered from Egypt. These were the people who God provided for. Opened the Red Sea. Gave them all the Egyptians gold. This is the same God. But they never learned to trust Him by looking back. And so when God says, Go into the land and they come back with these grapes. Hey, fruitful land. Terrific. But we don't want to go there. Why? They never developed a relationship. If you abide in him and his words abide in you, they can ask whatever you will and it will be done unto you. How does it work? A relationship.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the personal discipline that Jesus had when it came to praying. Even though Jesus' behavior seemed to be extreme, you learned that the things that Jesus did were directly related to the amount of time he spent talking to and listening to his Father. Pastor Mark showed you that this is the only way to get the answers God wants to provide to you. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's series, Real Conversations with God. We hope that these teachings help to deepen your understanding of what prayer is, as well as what God expects from your prayers. Thanks for spending your time with us. We hope that as you meditate on what was said, that you'll find a closer, deeper relationship with God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your